Well, good morning, Sun Valley Church, and welcome back to The Voice of the Valley. I'm Jeremy Pinch, and with me again is Pastor John Schubert. John, it's good to see you. Good to see you. Good to be here. Now, John, we uh, are living in a politically hot climate right now. Uh, every day seems to be something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that, it comes two different parties, obviously, mm-hmm. or I guess you can have multiple parties. Uh, but there's this idea of my side is right, your side is wrong. And I agree with that. My <laughs> side is right, your side is wrong. Yeah. Good. Okay, so we got that squared so what away. What we want to talk about. <laughs> um yeah, so with with every political side, there's I think there's this idea of the cancel culture, mm-hmm. um, and this is the topic for today. Obviously, can you can you just explain what uh, the cancel culture is and how it's how it's being played out right now? Sure, in our society? Uh, the cancel culture is about withdrawing support, shaming, shutting down people of differing opinions, and it's not it's not restricted to to politics at all it's it's in every arena um parenting um school choice um morality uh religion this this it it's in every single culture around but it basically is if i don't like what you're saying if you what you're saying offends me or makes me uncomfortable and there's more of us than there is of you, then we're going to do everything we can to shut you up. Yeah. That's the cancel culture okay. that we live in. Okay. <clears throat> now, is this, is the cancel culture anything new? I mean, is this, is this something? Well, no. Um, withdrawing support, shutting people down, shaming people has been the MO of uh, human history. So, I mean, you think back to Old Testament times. Uh, how did how did the people of Israel treat prophets who came in and addressed their sin? They killed them. Yeah, they killed them. They made life uncomfortable. They threw them in prison. They threw them in pits. Yeah. Jeremiah, I mean, he was abused, uh, mistreated. Um, a lot of you know Isaiah was killed. So many of the prophets were were uh, martyred. So no, it's not new. Even in the middle centuries, I mean, this has been part of human history. Uh, in the middle centuries, you know, we, we had the same things going on, if, if, and it was more, you know, at least what, the word that we know of in the religious arena. Um, so people disagreed with someone's religious opinion, uh, and so they canceled them. Most of the time it would include death, mm-hmm. uh, like the Anabaptists, the people who believed that in believers' baptism, uh, they taught believed that you needed to be rebaptized, even though you were baptized as an infant, the Anabaptists said, no, you need to be rebaptized. Infant baptism isn't believer's baptism, and so they argued that you needed to be rebaptized. And so <clears throat> the church at that time was pretty bothered by that opinion. And so they started killing, the church started killing Anabaptists. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been around for quite a long time, and it's been pretty severe. You know, so our our cancel culture now includes defriending people, mm-hmm. not as severe as losing your head. Mm-hmm. You know, literally. Mm-hmm. 
So and I'm not saying it's not significant now. It is. It's it's significant and wrong, uh, but it's not new. Um, you remember the Puritan pastors, you know, um, yeah. they they were kicked out of their churches because they wouldn't submit to the Church of England's liturgy pattern. So yeah. they they canceled them. <laughs> they literally kicked them out of their church and said, you can't preach anymore. You're done. You're not a pastor here anymore. Goodbye. So, and someone went to prison, you know, John Bunyan. Uh, he He went to prison and wrote his famous works from prison. Yeah. Um, he was canceled. And he was canceled by the church, Church of England. So no, it's it's not new. It's it's sad, but it's it's not new. Uh, right now it's it's pretty um vigorous yeah. that culture here in our day. Um and it, it happens to be about, you know, uh social issues and politics, not mm-hmm. so much about religion, although it, it, it bleeds into that or maybe out of that, depending yeah. on how you describe it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for Christians, as we've, as you just kind of discussed a little bit there, uh, the first thing that seems to be canceled is the word of God, uh, for, for, um, you know, for the outside, the outside world tries to cancel the word of God, the non-Christians, the non-Christians try to cancel the word of God. That's, that's what it seems to be. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you know, thinking about Peter and John as they're, um, you know, in the first couple chapters of Acts, they're, they're told not to speak the word of God because if they do, this will happen. Yeah, there's another example of canceling. Yeah. Right. Um, why, why is that the case? Why is, why is the outside world, why is the word of God want uh, the first thing to be canceled? <laughs> that, was, that was rough. But why is the outside world trying to cancel the word of God? Well, I think that's not too hard to understand. Um, whenever you walk up to somebody and say, hey, you're a sinner in danger of eternal judgment, it never goes over well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they do their best to not hear those kind of things that bring on guilt or concern or, you know, disagreement. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, it's not new. It, it happened back in the first century and happened even before that. Um, so, yeah, Peter and John, they, they were saying things that, that upset the Jewish leaders of their day. Um, and uh, what they were saying was not popular with the, the general population. And so they were canceled. And so if, if we take up positions that Peter and John did, if we embrace the truths of God's word, it's exactly why we will be canceled. It's not, it's not a surprise. Mm-hmm. Peter, Peter said, don't be surprised at your trials as if something strange were happening to you. <laughs> you're embracing something that the world hates. Mm-hmm. And and so they're going to do their best to shut it down, to, to stop feeling, you know, badly about whatever it is they're feeling badly about. Um, you know, you, you, you go up to somebody and, and they're living with their girlfriend or whatever, and you say, hey, you know, and they're talking about it, even if they bring it up, and they say, what do you think about that? And then we say, well, I'm not sure that's really right. I think that's wrong. What? You know, all of a sudden you get into it with them. Yeah. Um, You know, and others, other Christians will bring it up themselves. But um, if if we're vocal about biblical standards, we're going to catch it. We're going to be in the canceled group. Mm -hmm. Jesus was treated this way. He said, if you are my disciples, you'll be treated this way. He said this in John 15, 18, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. Mm -hmm. 
You, you believe what Jesus taught. You, you teach what Jesus taught. You're going to catch it. I think that's evident. Peter and John arrested, punished, because they accused the Jews of killing Jesus unjustly. That made them feel uncomfortable. Then they said, not only did you kill Jesus unjustly, but you yourselves are, you know, facing pretty severe judgment. You're, you're sinners yeah. under God's condemnation. And that made them even more upset. They couldn't handle it, so they tried to cancel them by beating them and then throwing them into prison. That's what we see there in Acts chapter 4 and 5. And so you, you keep reading, and you come to Acts 6 or 7, and Peter, not Peter, uh, Stephen, is stoned because of what he said to the Sanhedrin. Mm -hmm. And it made him feel guilty, and they didn't like it, so they canceled him by ending his life. Mm -hmm. And then James in Acts 12, same thing. Mm -hmm. He was preaching the word. They got a hold of him, killed him, and don't want to hear anymore. And that was the end of that. And so that's, that's just a, a picture of the cancel culture yeah. biblical, from a biblical perspective. Yeah. yeah. So that that's, it shouldn't surprise us yeah. that we're getting the same kind of pressure. Yeah. Actually, maybe even less pressure than, than the early Christians got. Yeah. And it's, I mean, obviously when we look at the broader context, we can see it's still happening today with yeah. in, in China, in the Middle East, right. in Africa. The church <laughs> is being persecuted. You know, they say that more people have died for their faith, their Christian faith, in the last hundred years than in the previous 20 centuries combined. So it's actually pretty severe worldwide. We're yeah. just in a little pocket here in North America yeah. where it's not so severe. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> I'm, it, it baffles me. I'm listening to, I'm listening to Fox's book of martyrs and it's mm -hmm. just a book I'm, I'm working through on, on, on a, audible. I can't, uh, I can't speak today. That's okay. You've been canceled. Yeah. So you're, you're feeling the pressure. <laughs> but I mean, just as, as you're working through that book, it, it, it's baffling to hear, you know, the reasons for why Christians were being slaughtered. Right. And, and, and at why Were and are and are continually yeah. today, um, but the church, John, as you know, is is not immune to the cancel culture itself. Uh, as you mentioned, Anabaptists uh, and the church canceling them, and how is how is the church actively playing out the cancel culture within itself? If that makes sense, how, how I think so. How does how are we canceling other Christians? Hopefully, we're not act, we're not canceling them the same way John Calvin canceled Cervantes. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, or or some of the Calvinist or or reformed reformers, reformed um, theologically reformed people were handling the Anabaptists. Yeah. Hopefully, it's to not not to that degree. Yeah. Uh, but there is what you say. Uh, the cancel culture has found its way into the church. I think some of it's good, you know. We shouldn't listen to heresy. Right. Right? Right. <laughs> we should call it out. Yeah. Some, maybe even you, would say that's cancel culture. Let's hear them. Let's see what they have to say. And, you know, there's... there's. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say you that. You wouldn't say that? Okay. <laughs> well, uh, some would. Some would say, you know what, we need to hear them out. Let's, yeah. let's, let's listen to what they have to say. And, yeah. and others would say, well, no, that's, it's obvious heresy. Let's, let's shut them down. Right now, yeah. Um, it depends on on what it is. It depends on what it is they're arguing. Right. 
whether or not we should shut them down as leaders in the church. Yeah. You know, if someone's coming in and arguing um, against the deity of Christ or uh, against his uh, the, the headship of the church, um, what, what should we do with that? You know, Athanasius thought it was pretty serious, yeah. and he, he went to the mat for it, and we can be thankful that he did. He did everything he could to shut down that heresy. He actually, you know, accomplished that yeah. and, and won won the day, which is very good for the church. But how do we do it? Do we allow heresy to be spewed from the pulpits of America or any pulpit for that matter without comment? Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of guys today uh, in America, guys that we would respect, you know, uh, Sproul, um, MacArthur, um, James White, who would call a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. And they will call out and some would say, shame heretics or uh, false teachers. Others would say, you know, that's probably not appropriate. Just... You know, make your point, but don't call, don't cancel, don't shame, don't withdraw. You know, so I can see both sides of that mm. that issue. I, I think we should listen to people and let them explain their doctrinal positions before we rush to the the common judgment that's you know being made. Yeah. So. I, I, am I hitting what you're asking about? Yeah, no, I think so. Because I, I, there's obviously the core issues that we have to call out, right? Once once the gospel is being tainted, I think that's something that we have to call out, I think. Certainly. I, we, we would say that. Yeah, yeah. We would say that, but, but yeah. there are people, um, well-known people, yeah. uh, who've written books that uh, would say no. They need they need their platform. Sure, sure. I, but I I think my my question my this question is going off of the tertiary issues the the secondary issues. Um, tertiary or secondary? Secondary, tertiary, whatever. Well, whatever tertiary it is. is third level. Third level. Secondary is second level. Well, Primary is first level. Well, so tertiary would be third level type things. You're all, saying all we should cancel. <laughs> Or we should cancel tertiary things. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I just want to make sure I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So for whoever's listening to this podcast, I'm sorry. This is this has been a disaster from the start. <laughs> just just um, push the cancel button. There. Yeah. It's just, called delete. Yeah. Delete it. Don't don't come back to it. Um, no, but there are obviously you know the third level and second level issues that. We debate, but there's. I think there's a lot of people within the church that would say, if you don't even agree with us on the third level issues or the second level issues, you're out. You're out. Yeah. You're gone. Yeah. And I don't think that's appropriate. I think there are those who think that it, the, the spectrum is a spectrum yeah. in terms of different Christians that deal with things different ways. I mean, yeah. there are some denominations that are so narrow that if you're teaching something outside the their established boundaries, you're in danger of hell yeah. and you're probably not a Christian. You're, you're, I mean, this is how it is. Yeah. Some of the more, uh, conservative, um, you know, theologically conservative groups that are well known that unless you're in their church, you can't take communion. You're probably not a Christian. 
if if you you know are near alcohol, you're probably going to hell. Yeah. If you know, and and you know, it goes on and on and on. This yeah. legalistic stuff that that is popular yeah. in some churches, uh, and that w- we would say that would be a secondary or tertiary issue mm-hmm. um, that we wouldn't divide fellowship over. But there are things that we would say divides us in fellowship. One of them would be the deity of Christ, for mm-hmm. example. If someone were to come into Sun Valley Church and, you know, um, you know, be here a while and maybe become a small group leader, and then they announce to their small group they don't believe in the deity of Christ, how do you think the elders at Sun Valley Church would handle that? They, they would probably say, you either adjust your opinion or there's the door. Yeah. On that particular issue. Right. I think that we have other issues that are secondary that wouldn't that wouldn't be the result. Sure. So I'm not. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm mistaken, but uh, I wouldn't call holding to the primary doctrines of the faith a cancel. Sh- uh, sure. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't say that. I'd say it's a protection of. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And obviously, I I agree with you. I'm just thinking of of just conversations that I've had with people, or I've heard people say things, and it's just like, well, actually, that's that's not heretical. I don't think we can actually say that that's heretical. Um, it's a it's a secondary issue that we as a church don't. And it's a variant opinion. Like yeah. it may not be in our doctrinal statement. Yeah. And there are things like that. Yeah eschatologically for example yeah there are things in eschatology that that are completely acceptable um, by people that we revere mm-hmm. that we don't agree with mm-hmm. and we would love to fellowship with them yeah but there's secondary issues that we don't agree on we don't we don't cancel them yeah. because of it and and this is the case and so we 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 need to be wise in how we proceed down this path of doctrinal differences um, as a church, I think we need to be careful not to be, you know, overly judgmental. I think we need to hear people out before we shut them down. And certainly, I'm not certain there's ever a time to shame people within the church, even if we disagree with them on doctrinal issues. I don't think that's appropriate. Yeah, what you do it to me all the time, John. That's well. That's why we're having this. There's no doctrinal disagreement, though. It's just <laughs> we agree on those things. <laughs> You just want to shame me. Yeah, right. And you and you want to be shamed, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so no. No, Jeremy, we everybody everybody at Sun Valley Church loves you, including me. It's mostly because we love Katie and we don't want well, her to leave. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah. So Yeah. Well, I know that's true. Right. Yeah. Um uh so how how do you how do you help people the, the people of Sun Valley Church, how do you help them along in thinking through that process? How do you, how do you help them to think civilly in, in conversations and how they deal with people who may have differing doctrines than us? Well, I think you have to model it as church leaders for start for starters. I mean, I, th- I don't think we as church leaders can come out and, and be um, brazen and, uh, you know, guns blazing. Mm-hmm. I, I think we have to model gentleness and respect and love, even for those we disagree with. And I would say, even if we disagree with people who call themselves Christians, that we disagree on primary issues, does that give us the right to shame them? And um, yeah. no, I don't think so. Yeah. 
I don't think we should be doing that. I, I don't think we need to agree with them. I think we need to be me, let it be known that why we disagree with them, especially if you're in a shepherd-elder role at a church. But you don't shame people. Yeah. I don't think we would, you know, come up and say, hey, so-and-so's not very smart, yeah. not very intelligent because they agree, they, they believe this particular doctrine. Yeah. I think what we would do is we would just preach expositionally <laughs> right. and keep doing it. Right. And I think that's how you, you win people. That's how you persuade people. That's how you help them grow in their faith is you, you open the word and you, you know, you faithfully preach it. Mm. You know, that's, that's, that's how I would answer that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were at the shepherds conference a few years ago and listened to James White as he was giving this talk about Islam. He's, he's discussing Islam and obviously James White is very brilliant and he's, you know, convicted in his Christian beliefs. And the next day he was flying out to go meet this, you know, top apologist for Islam and they were mm -hmm. going to have this debate. And he had almost a reverence for this apologist and he spoke so highly of this guy and even though they're com on completely different ends and this is james white who's able yeah to throw some firebombs yeah and and the way he was just talking about this guy was just like he actually shows love and concern and care for this guy yeah and doesn't berate him doesn't doesn't talk down on him doesn't right, you know, right. even though they think completely differently yeah um which is, I, I think that's that's what you're discussing there is that yeah. model. Exactly. Um, so now going back to the culture. Sure. Going back to the culture. How do we as the church preach the truth in love and in conviction to a cancel culture? We just never say or preach anything that's offensive. Let's just, <laughs> let's just kind of mouse out yeah you know and yeah and uh never say anything that's offensive yeah. that's one way another way would be to just faithfully preach the word faithfully um explain it um and then um expositionally preach through it that's one of the beauties of expositional preaching you know, it's uh, I I actually am committed to expositional preaching myself, but it is a a, a wonderful ha a wonderful haven for me. Mm. I don't have to think about what I'm going to do next Sunday. What I'm going to do next Sunday is what I did last Sunday. Is I'm going to the week before I'm going to take the next section of that book we're studying. And I'm going to look at what it means. Mm. And then explain it to the church what it means, and then, and then, try to persuade them to follow, to to follow Christ, to to line their life up with that word mm. that was preached and explained. So it's it's a it's a wonderful thing. So how do you how do you lovingly preach the truth? You you explain the scriptures mm. to people because the 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 person behind the scriptures is a loving God. So the truths of Scripture are loving truths, you know? And so you, you simply exposit Scripture mm -hmm. verse by verse and allow the Holy Spirit to convict and challenge, which only he can do anyways, um, 
the people who are listening, whether they be in your church or you know someplace else, hearing what you're saying or reading what you've written. But you just you just accurately and boldly declare the scriptures. Don't shy away from topics or you know passages that may be uncomfortable for people, and you humbly present it. And you don't really have to defend the scriptures or defend the gospel, mm-hmm. defend the hard passages. You just let the Spirit of God take the Word of God into the hearts of those who He has determined need to hear it and let it do its work. Mm-hmm. You know, like Spurgeon said about the scriptures, you don't have to defend the scriptures, you're just like a lion. You just let it out of its cage. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of, you just expositionally teach it, preach it, explain it. Yeah. And all those things, the love of God, you know, the clarity of the gospel, um, the character of Christ, those all come just kind of naturally bubbling to the surface because mm-hmm. that's what the scriptures are. Mm-hmm. They're written by a loving God <laughs> yeah. who who uh, desires our fellowship and yeah. company. And I think, too, uh, as you mentioned earlier, living that out within within the culture. Sure. Living that out within sure. the culture. Preaching preaching the truth and then living it out. Yeah. Being an example. Yeah. Of what you believe. Yeah. Well, John, thank you for discussing the cancel culture and not canceling me. Yeah. So, You're welcome. <laughs> now, now let's bring this to an end. I'm getting tired of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Church, we hope that this has been an encouragement to you as you process the cancel culture. uh, And uh, we look forward to being with you next week on The Voice of the Valley. Have a great week.